appreciate y'all tuning in for another episode of the Blizzard Ignorant Podcast. Um, I'm going to switch it up this week. I'm not a comedian, but yo, this is one of my brothers right here, man. One of the guys that um, I've been rocking with uh, for, it's going to be, it's coming up on 30 almost. <laughs> uh, a lot of years, man. Um, Damian Johnson, um, one of the three owners. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one third of the ownership of No Grease Barbershops, man. Um, if you guys aren't familiar with this uh, this entity itself, No Grease uh, Barbershop is based in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, and these brothers just celebrated 23 years of business. And um, I think one of the initial uh, slogans was not your ordinary barbershop. And we're going to get into this like, tenfold because this whole idea of this barbershop was talked to me about was presented to me while we were in college together and to see it happen over these 23 years 23 plus years because it was happening way before the business opened um damian johnson is on here with me today man what's up boy jay bliss in the house <laughs> I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try some type of the you know comic relief in here. You know, <laughs> you know, like rappers try to be you know uh, uh, actors. I'm gonna try to a barber try to be a comedian. That's what we're trying. Right, and it's funny. Um, y'all actually had a hand in Jay Bliss being created as well. Like, like all of these things that happen. Like, you gotta realize how important a barbershop is to the community itself. I'm not just gonna say black community. I'm just gonna say community itself. Um, black people for barbershops. Barbershops for black people, rather, was the country club for us. Um, in so many ways, because of a way for us to get cleaned up, a way for us to socially uh, organize, and then have a social outlet as well. This was before social media and everything. It was a way to get away from the house. It wasn't a job. It was, let me go hang out at the barbershop for a few hours and, and yep. kick my feet up. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, so let's talk about early beginnings. You, you're originally from Buffalo. Below the rough buff, baby. Right, Western, right. Western New York. Right, right, right. Griselda, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so um, what brought you to, um, to, to Charlotte other than, like, I know we both we got to Smith the same year. Um, where, why Smith? Why Johnson C. Smith? Well, uh, I always knew I wanted to go to a, a HBCU. That mm -hmm. was, I mean, I was going to go to HBCU no matter what. Mm -hmm. and I, I, I thought I wanted to go to Morgan because Morgan State was closer. It was, uh, you know, it was in the you know DC Virginia area. Right. So, uh, unfortunately, they didn't accept me. Right. Right. The state fought. So I got I got accepted to Livingstone, John C. Smith, and Buff State. And uh, John C. Smith uh, was in Charlotte. It wasn't too far away from my grandfather. My grandfather was uh, in North Carolina near Durham. Mm -hmm. so I said, yo, I'm, I'm and, and it was called Johnson C. Smith. So my last name was Johnson. I said, yo, that's perfect. <laughs> so that's how I got here, man. It wasn't no, it's like, you know, just got finished watching school days. And I was on my way, one way to uh, Charlotte. That's funny. I, I like JCSU because it was JC in the beginning. That was my initials. So I was like, right. yo, let me <laughs> yo, yo, <laughs> I said that the God is talking to me. Right. That's me. That's right, me. right, right. You can't, yeah, you can't knock that one. So I, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give a, a background as to how we cross cross paths initially. Yeah. It wasn't uh, I mean, first semester we obviously knew people, we knew of people, we see each other yeah. in passing and things like that. 
I didn't know you personally. I knew you like, you know, by seeing you and I knew you was from up top because everybody from up top knew who was from up top. Everybody knew who was from down south. There was a little bit of segregation, but it was a lot of building while we were there. You know what I mean? So I met you second semester uh, freshman year because I was tired of getting messed up haircuts. Uh And I had a high top when I first got there. So high top fade. I had different requests. I was trying to get done with my hair and everybody was messing it up. So I had, wow, it didn't even look like it looked when I first got to school. Like I would go home for a break, come back and they'd be like, oh man, you're doing tight. And I'm like, I was going to be tight for like a couple weeks. Then I got to let somebody else cut it. Somebody was like, yo man, you know my man from Buffalo? I'm like, nah, who? He's like, Damien. I'm like, I said, you talk about uh, Damien that live over in, um, on, on third floor? Uh, I said, um, living Liston with us? He's like, yeah. So he's like, yeah, he cut in the lobby of Liston. On the on the on the south side, and I'm like, yeah. for real, like that. And he was like, yeah. So I I went over, I came over there, and you was in this little laundry room, yep, closet area closet. that Mr. Crawford had hooked up hooked up for you. It was a closet. It was a closet, and yeah. the difference was, and, and like when you know when you're in college, people cut your hair, and they cut you in a room, mm-hmm. and they, they put a towel on you. Or like they got the air conditioner running or the fan running and they got no shirt on or nothing like and it's just like a prison cut. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. And when I got over to the spot, I'm like, yo, you know, I'm Jay. You know, um, a man told me to come through and see you. And I wish I remember who told me, man, because that's important. But it, yeah, but, you yeah, know, yeah, it's yeah. all a blur. You know what I'm saying? And um, he was like, yeah, I got you. You know what I'm saying? And he was like, what you want? And I, I didn't even try to explain it. I was just like, look, man, just, just make it neat. That's all I said. I was like, just you know, hook it up, right? Because I was like, I was prepared for a bad cut. Right, right, right. Then you pulled out the cape. I was like, oh, this dude got a regular cape. Not only did you have the cape, you had the little tissue that go around the neck, like the little necktie. And I'm like, no, this dude official, right? So <laughs> I'm sitting there like, yo, this dude got a real cape, real, um, you know, so you give me the cut. You hit me with the, uh, the, the alcohol. I'm like, all right, cool. Then it hit me with the talcum powder with the little brush. I'm like, yo, this dude is really official, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I already knew it was gonna be more than the three dollar cut that you get on campus. I was uh-huh. like, I'm prepared to pay five, six, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You was like, nah, first one on me. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, no. I said, no, I said, where are you? And it was from that moment I realized immediately this dude is about business. I yeah. said, this dude is about business, relationships, and doing things the right way. And the next time I went, it was $5. And I was like, most people would complain about it, but I'm like, nah, man, dude is a little bit different. Like, he's doing yeah. a little bit extra for that, too. And he's like, yeah. you know, people going to tip or something like something they ain't. But we all college students. Everybody know how I get down. But I always appreciated the fact that it was so business-like from the very beginning, even as a freshman in college. Yeah, man. Yeah. Hey, I, the, so we got peep gang. First off, you got to remember, you was a dancer on campus right yeah right hood. so you was gonna be a, a billboard for me also <laughs> okay I yeah got yeah yeah you took a good fade you took mm-hmm. a nice haircut I, I watched your haircut that whole first semester so i saw your head a couple of times <laughs> so i said okay he, he take a nice one if i ever get him in the chair i know how to i know how to get that thing right and then you know because i knew it's, it's all strategy man now, right now, you know, you took a good haircut, you was popular, you know, dancing, hundreds of people going to see you on, on the Brave Boy uh, 
you know, court right, right. doing your thing. I said, oh, this is a win-win. So, you know, it's all, it's all, it's, you know, it's just how the mind works, man, when you're doing business. Yeah, that's crazy, man, because it's, it's very, very similar to, like, you don't really know people's um, career mm -hmm. and how they look at things. But that conversation there just opened up. A, I would never, you look at people different. Like, I don't look at people that way. You look at people and go, yo, that dude take a nice face. Like, that wouldn't make sense to me. It's like yeah. me watching comedy when somebody telling a joke, they're like, yo, you ain't laughing at that. I'm like, nah, that was clever, though, man. I like the way he put that together or whatever. Exactly. Like, I don't look at comedy the same way somebody else looks at comedy. It's nah. like, you don't look at a head, but you looking way past yeah. the initial information. you like, look, this is an opportunity for me because it's a billboard. Dude, do you know how many clients I got off your head? I mean, you, you was like, hey, <laughs> A, a light-skinned dude who could take a real good fade. Oh, my <laughs> goodness, man. That thing is like, that's like heaven for a barber, man. So you walking across that campus, you know, doing your thing. Hey, everybody <laughs> goes, Yo, who cut his hair? Who cut your hair? Right. I knew, knew what it was going to do. Right. Was it, it was crazy. I never, I never peaked. I never peaked how much people admire my haircut. I looked at yeah. it like it's a tight cut. That's the only thing I was like, Yo. They ain't be lacing me on the cuts. Like, that's the only thing I would say, right? But I didn't peep it until years later, like, when we, when you got the shop, when you got the first shop mm -hmm. um, over there off Sharon Amity. Yeah. Y'all got the first shop, I would come in, and I would notice every time I was in the chair, somebody would say, give me that. Give me yeah. what you got. Or yeah. cut, me, cut, my, cut me like his. Yeah. And, and then people will kind of come over to your chair and go, damn, how you start, how you doing Jay's uh, cut? And you like, yo, you got to do this. And I use this on the side and then I go down with a one and I'd be like, I don't yeah. know what the hell they talking about. <laughs> yeah. And I, I would see barbers. I and mean, when I would come into your shop, there would always be a barber that would come over and watch you cut my whole head. Yeah. I never peeped it. I was just yeah. in there getting my cut. Yeah, no. So, yeah, it was, it was. It's, yeah. like, it's like it's like you, you know, you got a go-to joke, right, that you go right. to. And everybody say, yo, that dude is funny just off that one joke. Now, all your other jokes might not be as funny as that joke. Right. But that because of that joke, right. you're getting gigs. Right. Same thing. I mean, it's all it's certain haircuts, man, that, you know, you can't, you, that canvas that a person have, man, as an as a artist, mm -hmm. looking at that canvas, he's like, yo, that canvas right there is going to make my art look great. Right. And that, I mean, and everybody ain't got that same canvas. That's that's the tricky part, you right? Know? But but you still give them the idea, like, yo, if I can get something close to that cut, mm -hmm. then I'm good. So that's right. how that's how it works, man. So like our, our friendship, uh, you know, basically elevated from that standpoint. You can't not become close to somebody that you see on a regular basis every single week for you know 30 to 40 minutes or however long the cut take, and and not build a rapport or relationship. Our relationship built off of that, and it went stronger every single year because we were just we had like like paths. We yeah. both we both were business majors. You, I was management. You were marketing. Yep. Um, we both uh, pledged at the same time. You pledged. Yep. I, I pledged Kappa. We yep. both were RAs. Uh, yeah. We both were twins. I mean, all these things right. were, were were connecting, and all these things were connected dots. But we both were about our business. Like it was like very serious. I never knew I was going to be a comedian. But I was I was always serious about anything that I put forward, whether yeah. it be performing, whether it be schoolwork, whether it be stepping or, or whatever it was. Yeah. We were both presidents of our fraternities, respectively, yeah. at the yeah. same time. So we would connect. Crazy. We would connect on things and be like, 
when we about to have a party on Saturday, I'm like, well, we was going to do one Saturday. It was like, all right, well, y'all do this Saturday. We do next Saturday. Yeah. We will cross-promote. And they'd be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like oh, got to get that money. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. <laughs> like it was like, like one of those things. But I remember um, our senior presentation, um, we presented our, our senior papers, our arguments for our senior papers. And I think yours was right after mine. Yeah. I think mine got produced, yours got produced in that little booklet or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And you broke down the idea of No Grease Barbershop. Yeah. And yeah. what you had lined up as to what was going to happen. Now, my mindset, I'm like, That's, this is crazy. Like, that, I've never heard of a barbershop that could do something like that. But then as the years went on, what did you see within the barbering industry that made you say it got to go a different way? Yeah, I mean, growing up in the barber industry, man, it just, you know, some of it was just natural, you know, things that you want as a client, you want to see happen in a barber shop, you know what I'm saying? Right. You know, when I had my own barber experiences, which wasn't a lot because I grew up in the, in the industry, but, you know, the experience I wanted to have, I wanted clients to have, and unfortunately, I didn't see it in, in the black community, you know, right. most of the barber shops you know, the barbershop owner or the barbers, it was passed down to them with no real, you know, planning, no real strategy. It was just straight off, you know, they were gifted at cutting hair. Right. So they had, they had no real strategy or structure or business form to it. And I said, man, that's the missing piece. I'm going to bring that to the barber industry. And, you know, that whole study of strategic marketing and all the stuff we was doing in school, I was saying, okay, if you add some of this, to our industry, especially the black market, oh man, we could change the game. Right. And I mean, to this day, man, I'm still using that same business plan, that same philosophy of doing right. business. And so right. you're talking, you're talking about almost 30 years, that same, I tweak it here and there, but for the most part, it's the same thing. Right. Cause I, like, now the one thing that I will say is like, you know, if, if you ever go into a no reason barbershop, the first thing you recognize is the clothing, like mm -hmm. how mm -hmm. the, the barbers are dressed you know, they're dressed. They're not, they're yeah. not in there rocking, you know, sneakers and jeans and t-shirts. Like they're in there, they got a dress shirt on, they got a bow tie. Um, yeah. They're clean. Yeah. Um, and then when you walk in, there's a straight profession that, that walk, as soon as you walk in the, the door, it's a straight profession. It, we know it's professional. I remember the sign y'all had in the barbershop. <laughs> well, y'all was on Central. This was, uh, this was when y'all was on Central Boulevard. And this was, this wasn't even y'all shop. This is when you and your brother were sitting at next Gordon. to one another at Gordon's in the chair and the sign next to y'all said, control your kids or we will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, yo, that's yeah. gangster. He's like, yeah. man, I'm not gonna be watching no bad ass kids up in this barbershop, man. And it was. Hey, some of that, all that, some of that is old school, you know, how right. we were brought up in the game. Right. You know, uh, barbers being, you know, role models, you know, father figures the pillar of the community, you know, right. we actually embrace that whole thought, that whole school of thought, you know, you know, we still have to have the authority in our business. Right. And, and, and people have to trust that, you know, we still want to see their better, their, their betterment in our business. So it was all that, that, all that training and all that schooling. And then going back to the dress, remember the days we used to, uh, you know, as the fraternities, the capitals have the dress up day. Yeah. You know, we're trying to outdo each other. Right. But, so, but it was a certain, it was a certain presence and a, and, a, and a certain, you know, prestige that we had on campus that we took that same thought and brought it to the barbering industry. Right. You know, 
Right. We just, and then we just brought that type of style, you know, you know, the whole bow tie thing. We we knew it was unique, and 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 other competitors wouldn't copy us that fast. You know what I'm saying? They would right. Really, they would really had to step their game up if they wanted to copy that. Right. So that was the whole thing about it, man. And 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 I don't know if you remember. We only at first we started off just doing it on New Year's. We would just dress up on New Year's. Right. And and the response that we would get from the clients, like yo. Like, yo, should we do this on a regular basis? Because, you know, it changed the atmosphere so much. So we started saying, man, let's see if we can work it in maybe two days a week. And then we started. You know what? I do remember that now. Yeah. I do remember that now. I yeah. do remember that. And it's crazy because you think about it for a second. Not too many people would just come in on New Year's Day. So right. they might have missed it if they came in two days later. That's it. But I just kind of remember... I remember when it did switch, but I also remember coming into the barbershop one day on um, on Central, or Shannon Amity Central, um, uh, and I walked in and he was like, yo, Jay, tie this tie for me. And I'm mm -hmm. like, why? And I was mm -hmm. like, we just want everybody to come in tie a tie. And I was mm -hmm. like, all right, cool. And he was like, you need a mirror? I'm like, nah. So, you yeah. know, I'm tying my tie or whatever, and then everybody was like, yo, it's yeah. like, um, and I, that's it. I said, that's one way. And then I did another way. And he was like, yo, you the 10th dude and not one person tied it the same way yet. And I'm going, what? And he goes, yeah. <laughs> and, go, yeah. and then they're like, I was like, I was like, this is how I get a fat knot or this is how I get a thin knot. Yeah. And this is how I do it real quick. And they was like, yo. And then so next dude came in. Y'all was like, yo, tie this tie. And dude was like, all right, cool. And he tied his joint. His was totally different. But I was yeah. like, and then like you asked, like, how did you learn how to tie a tie? So yeah. then, like, all these guys were coming in, and a lot of them, you know how we grew up, a lot of them didn't have a father in their household. Man. So they yeah. were like, yo, how did you learn how to tie a tie? And I kept was telling stories, like, yo, I used to have my boy tie. I used to have my always hanging on my door, and then I would just, when I, like, I would tie yeah. it up, or I would lift it up. And I was like, I learned from the Boy Scouts. I learned yeah. from when I was in the Boy Scouts, and it was a book, and I had to learn how to do it in order to get a badge. But I just remember yeah. always being able to tie a tie, you know what I'm saying? Hey, hey, you just gave me an idea, man. I'm about to, I'm about to implement that back. You know, I might call it a, uh, you know, tie your tie Tuesdays, and, yeah. we just, and we just start going back to that 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 training of the community, man. Because right. you know, a lot of men, their ego so big, they looking at you with that bow tie on, they want to do it, but they don't know how to do it, and they don't know how to ask you. Right. So, you know, I think you know, you just brought something back to me. But yeah, I remember I, it was deep. It was deep, yeah. man. It was like, you know, you, you always had something you would learn in, in, in the barbershop as far as, you know, uh, social interaction or, or how to properly how to properly debate somebody and not be yeah. arguing and oh, being man. abrasive. You know what I'm saying? Like, grown men talk different, right? Hey, <laughs> hey dudes, dudes would schedule their appointment around you. Yo, when Justin coming back in there? <laughs> Egos. Yeah, because, because yeah, really because yeah. Yo, it was it was because of the, the the debate, the healthy debate. I mean, it was heated, but they were debating, and and men and them boys are listening to how y'all debating, man. And right. How engaging in a heated conversation, but at the end, y'all give each other love and respect. Absolutely. And that's that has to be done. They they got to see that. But, but, you know, like a young boy seeing something like that, and then us, us always, everything, my, my, my fallback is always humor. So even if somebody's arguing a point with me and they're winning the debate, I can always look at that debate and go, listen, I see your point. I get that part. Yeah. However, and yeah. then, like, I can use an analogy, switch it around, make it funny, and then people are like, man, I ain't messing with you. You know what I'm saying? Time. Like, you know, it, it, it's that whole 
idea of I'm right because this is where I live and then or this is where I'm from and then I always have to look at it like I learned a lot of that that HBCU going to John C. Smith is you know everybody that's black ain't the same nah everybody nah. got their circumstances some people just don't see things the right way nah. or not even the right way your way and exactly. so like like when you when you see a black person that's a conservative Mm-hmm. And then you look at their life path and you realize why they took that path or why they believe what they believe. I don't knock that person for their beliefs, but I also no. smart enough to understand they're not a hundred percent conservative. They no. are, they have conservative ideals, yeah. but they can't switch between the two. So they pick yeah. a side and they rock with it. And then I just go, all right, I'm not going to say that person is lost. They just had a different experience than I did. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you know, know what, what was good about, those debates and those conversations and as you were saying it dude you was honing your skills because we could we could go on any topic you mm-hmm. know whatever topic whether it was just me and you one-on-one or you know at some point we always got you involved with the whole shop because <laughs> your your spin on it always going to be uh, you know you're going to have enough in-depth information on it and then you're going to swing it and say something real funny and at the time i never I never thought you, I never thought of a comedian. I just right. thought of, oh, this dude is very clever and funny. He know how to bring it always back. And you always did that as long as I've known you. Right, and bring so, it full circle, yeah. Yeah, it, it took years, not not years, when you started doing the comedian, I said, damn, he always been doing this. Mm-hmm. All those debates, all those conversations, and you always knew how to bring it back. It's like, this, this that's an art, man, that's massive. But I remember I remember we were on the central shop one time. We was at the central shop. This is after y'all left Gordon's, opened up this other shop. Then y'all came back, mm-hmm. peep this people. Y'all came back and bought the barbershop y'all used to work at, which was yeah. amazing. Like, that's crazy, yeah. right? So, yeah. so we yeah. was back at that shop, and we in there arguing, and y'all know I'm a Philly fan, and I'm, we talk about the Sixers. And yeah. dude was in the chair, and Charlie would always start some stuff. So Charlie wow. is starting to argue with me about how Iverson ain't gonna never win no ring because he's a selfish player. And Charlie would just try to get a rise out of me. So uh, I'm falling into the trap, I'm arguing, like I'm arguing with Charlie, knowing double well, he, he laughing just because yeah. he got me started. So he, I'm arguing with him and I'm saying, yo man, you crazy man, Iverson is one of the best players in the league, this and that. He's like, yeah, but he's selfish, he ain't gonna never win no. And the guy Charlie was cutting, jumped in the argument and said, I never liked Iverson. Oh, man. I never liked Iverson. He's selfish, and, you know, he just, he all about himself. And I'm going, I said, yo, man, don't you got braids in your head? Like that. Uh-huh. And he go, he go, yeah. I go, who told you that was cool? I said, why are you even doing that? Don't you work downtown? He's like, yeah. I was like, and you thought that was okay to walk into work like that? I was like, did you get that from Iverson? And the whole barbershop went crazy. Yo. Hey, <laughs> hey that, that is a skill, dude. Like, you picked that. Yo, nobody was there. Nobody saw that. You only it, it brought. I mean, it came. It was perfect for the for the situation. It shut it, him down. It shut uh, him exactly. down. He he basically could not speak anymore on no. that argument because I'm no. going. Here you are emulating somebody who made Some this speech. culturally okay, right. and you going to tell me you don't like him? I'm right. like, dude, why you got braids in your hair right now? Like I was like, I was like, Iverson was the only reason he had those braids in his hair. That's what I said. You would have never did that ten years ago and walked into work like that. You know what I mean? So it was like one of those. It was like one of those moments where it's just like you know. Those we had a lot of those moments. I had a lot of them, man. Right, right. So, so, all right, so let me let me try to bring the people up to speed on 
the the progress of of this entity itself and mm-hmm. how I just was was amazed by how this happened. You guys opened up your first shop 23 years ago on Sharon Amity across from East Lamar. It was mm-hmm. a old it was an old bank. I remember that the safe would be open and y'all would sell clothes out of there. That y'all had so many things going on. Y'all had a beauty salon in one of the, the rooms where y'all had a, a stylist that would come in and do a couple hairs. Yep. And then y'all had chairs that went around the front of the bank and then over to the side. So it was like 16 chairs. And and, yep. the, and, the, and, the, and that was the first time I've ever seen a barbershop with that many chairs. And I remember yep. asking, you going to fill all these chairs up? And he was like, that's the goal. Yep. And initially, initially, it was like four of y'all. It was four of y'all. Then I think it went to five. Mm-hmm. So it was like, it was like that was like the, the core unit of, of, of No Breeze. Yeah, and, and it just started growing. Then y'all started having Bible studies. Yeah, y'all would have events and things like that, and it just started growing. And then the numbers was just getting insane. Then like you couldn't get an appointment and things like that. And then y'all was like one of the first ones that came up with appointments. Yeah, yeah. For I a mean, barbershop. Dude, it was uh, and, and and a lot of it was watching other businesses how they function, how right. they do. Yo, when we first opened, it was me and Jay. Mm-hmm. No, we had no other barbers. Right. We wanted to fill those chairs up, but it was just me and him. Mm-hmm. And you know, we just stood ten toes down, man, and said, you know, you know, we had helped other businesses grow, so we knew how to do it. It was just a matter of just you know taking your time and, and strategizing it. Right. But uh, you know, when we started coming up with different things, you got to remember culturally, culturally, the black barbershop was the hangout spot. Right. You know, cats hanging in. A, Cats hanging out in a barbershop for two, three hours doesn't necessarily mean I'm getting paid. Right. You know, so we had to make sure that, yo, we can have fun, we can have a good time, but I got to keep these services coming. Yeah. got to keep it. And people knew that about it. You know, get them in, get them out. That's the goal. Right. Give them great service, give them great haircut in a timely fashion. So appointments, scheduling appointments was was a necessary. Black men were changing. Black men had jobs. Black men had schedules. They had appointments to meet. We just wanted to be a part of the, the evolution of the black man. Right. <coughs> so, yeah. Yeah. That's, that, and that's dope, man. And I think <coughs> it, grew, it grew from there. Like, you know, you guys had the, the location at, at Sharon Amity, and it was, it was popping. Um, let, me, let me go back to the, so the Sharon Amity, when we got to Sharon Amity, it was a bank. Right. And uh, it was owned by, uh, it, was, it, it was another salon before we got there. Right. And so the guy who owned the building, he didn't think that any more hair businesses were working there. Right. And so we sat down with him, talked to him, said, man, listen, we got a concept that we believe will work. You know, uh, you know, give us a try. We're going we'll to knock it out. You know, you got to oversell. We ain't oversell it, but we sold it to him to let him know, man, listen, we can handle this situation. And right. uh, we went in there. And mind you, Jay had gotten a car accident. Um, I remember that. Open up. I remember and, that. You know, so I was in there while Jay was, you know, recovering from the accident. I was in there just working with the contractors, you know, doing my part. And uh, when we got those doors open, man, it, it was one way. Yeah. One way. I remember that. Yeah. I remember that. I remember he had to uh, that scoot around on that stool. Yep. And, and yep. cut hair scooting around on that stool because his, his foot was messed up. He did that for two years. Two years. I remember that. But, you know, it just seemed like it was yesterday. You know what I'm saying? Like, it crazy? Like it was yesterday. And it's 23 years ago, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then so after that, I remember um, Sharon Amity, and then I remember the spot on Central. 
But you guys yeah. didn't have both of those open at the same time, right? That was a that was a that was a lateral move, or was it? Were they no, both? we had we had open at the same time. O open at the same time. So you had the, the the central shop, and then you had the one on Sharon Amity. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, these dudes that made it, right? Yeah. Now I'm thinking, yeah. yo, these they got two shops, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. but that wasn't the end, right? Yeah. That wasn't the end, right? No. So, and you gotta realize this is all in the city of Charlotte, North Carolina, yeah. right? Yeah. But so you go from the two shops. To what next? So we did Tryon next, right? I remember that mm -hmm. Tryon. So we had the, we had changed the one, the original shop on Shannon Avenue. We ended up changing that to the school. To a school, right? Right. And so then, you had two we, shops still. You had one on Central. You had one on Tryon, and you had the school over on yep. Sharon Amity. Yeah. And the yep. school, the idea behind the school, and this is genius. Yep. We can't hire somebody into our shops and teach them how to cut the way we want them to cut. They come with their own baggage and they come with their own ways about them and how they do yep. it. We can't teach them work ethic. Yep. People that's in barber need to know that there's no off day on a Saturday. Saturday nah. is a money money day. If you're interested yep. in being off on Saturday, you ain't interested in cutting in this shop. Nah. Right? Nah. So your idea... Your, you, and, you and your brother and Charlie, your idea was let's open a school and teach them how to cut our way. Yeah, yeah. Hey, we, we knew that if we taught, you know, barbers how to cut our way and understand the business our way, that we would better the industry, not just for us, right. but for the entire industry. Because we knew barbershop owners was getting a really bad product when it came to barber students coming out of school. Right. They're getting a terrible product. Right. We was getting, and we sat down, man. We sat down with three schools. Uh, maybe one of them was a black-owned school at the right. time. Right. And we was asking them questions like, yo, what can we do to help y'all, you know, produce a better student? Right. And they were, like, saying to us, like, they ain't, they ain't they job. They, our, job <laughs> is to, our job is to get them out of school and they go to state board, not to better your business. Right. They're, like, that don't make sense, right? But you know, that's like the that's like the uh, the the NCAA. You know, they got they got players, and they're not making these players you know fit to go into the league. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, I'm right, not, right. I'm not saying they won't have all the skill, but the basic skill, like going to practice, right? You know, knowing how to read a play. You know, that's right. like right. You know, like you know, NBA know what they getting when they get a, a you know a college player. Right. We would straight trash. Right. From, from, we like, yo, we can't build no business like this. Right, right, right. So our hand was forced. We we were forced to open up a school. We didn't necessarily want to open up a school. We was forced to it. And it was it was it was the it was actually the, the golden key to our growth. Right. So y'all yeah. opened the school, y'all able to, to to basically formulate what you want in a barber yep. out of school. So they yeah. don't they come in not knowing anything and go, listen, this is what we're gonna do. Yep. So you got to school. Now you're taking the best of the rest and putting them in your chairs yep. to fill up all the chairs that you have in those locations. Yep. And you got enough chairs to fill because you your, your shops is averaging, what, 14 chairs a shop? Yeah, yeah. Think about that for a minute now. 14 yep. chairs in a shop in one, one location. You know what yep. I mean? It was crazy. It, it was crazy because, like, the weight wasn't there. You could get an appointment if you wanted to. And if you walked in, you wasn't waiting that long. You understand what yeah. I'm saying? So that was dope. Yeah. Um, and then that wasn't the end of it. Because, I mean, y'all had so many different ideas. Yeah. I remember 
I remember the trailer. Yeah. I remember the mobile home. Yes, sir. No grease on wheels. No grease on wheels, baby. I, <laughs> I remember getting I, the cut. I one of my first clients. Yeah, day. getting the cut in the in the in the mobile home, and I was like, "This is crazy! Like, this is crazy!" And it was like. Y'all wasn't afraid to try just anything. Just throw, throw darts up against the wall and see what stick. You know what I mean? Man, and, once some ideals start coming, man, we're like, yo, ain't nothing to it but to do it. Right, right. So, and then here's the other thing. Like, that's a challenge. Um, and today, in today's environment, you guys have the school, uh, which is now moved, which is over off of uh, Wilkinson. Mm -hmm. And how many shops do you have in Charlotte? We got five in Charlotte. Five in Charlotte. Then you have one in Georgia. Yep. And one in South Carolina. And one in South Carolina. Yep. And you have one opening where? Uh, so we we uh we're gonna open up a second one in Concord. Okay. We're gonna do it. We're gonna we were scheduled to do one in Greensboro too. Uh, right. And we're gonna open up another one in Georgia. So you know, three more was three more is supposed to happen this year. Yeah, and that's see that's that's like that's amazing. So you're able to franchise out your business, your mm -hmm. plan, your business as a whole, franchising. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How many other black barbershops in the country are franchising their um barbershops? None that we know of. None. I mean right. we're officially on, on record the first black franchise barbershop. First black franchise barbershop. That's yeah. what I'm talking about when I say this is what you talked about <laughs> in college. Now, when you said it, we like, yeah, all right, man, that's a good presentation. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> but not knowing the seriousness of what you were trying to accomplish at the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was, I mean, it was dope, man. It was a, like a, I remember early on, there was a lot of flack about, and it came back years later, it was a lot of flack about y'all emblem. Yeah. And the name of the process and them not understanding. Like if you look at the logo, you see the, the, the black face and people look at it and they go, oh man, that's like like the minstrel show. But right. me knowing who you guys were and what it meant, outside looking in, they don't really understand what the no grease stand for. But what is right. like no grease, no shucking, no jiving, because they're gonna use that envelope and make it seem like during that minstrel show it was white people with blackface trying to emulate the stereotypes that black people present. They lazy, yeah. they don't know how to do things right, they have buffoonery, this buffoonery, yeah. it's clownish behavior, it's all of these things. Yeah. But when you put the title of, of no grease, no grease also meant when you just go to a black barbershop, you couldn't have any grease in your hair because it would right. jam up the clippers. Yeah. So the no grease part is, is like, look, look, he had no grease in your hair, you know what I'm saying, you come to their barbershop with it. So that was the beginning, that was one thing. The menstrual show was another thing, you put both of them together, straight business. Yep. No shucking, no driving, no grease. Yeah. You get a cut, it's going to be professional, and you're going to get up out of here in and out. You know what I'm yep. saying? And it was like, yo, it's like, it's, it was too much to bring in at one time just by looking at the sign. But once yep. you walked in and you had the people that would argue with y'all, like, yeah. Yeah. you had the news article that came out, and <laughs> this black hey. man was all mad, talking about, man, he didn't change the sign. I'm like, dude, go <laughs> talk to them brothers, man. You're going to find out real quick, like, this, it ain't what you think it is. You know what I mean? Hey. So, and, yeah. And that that that's again, man. I kudos to our our education too, man. You know, mm -hmm. going to HBCU, studying you know business marketing and yeah. business. You know, marketing is a strategy, man. Yeah. Like some people some people are afraid of uh you know bad press. I'm not. You know, I I'll deal with the bad press. We like we like NWA niggas with attitude. Yeah. You know what I'm right. Right. So we like yo we 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 gonna get our our expression across. You know. 
uh, America get mad at what they made, you know? No Greece is made by America. You right. know what I'm saying? Our thinking and all that, we didn't just grab that from anywhere. You right. know, America shaped us. You right. know what I'm saying? So we understand the history of America as black men, how they try to, you know, uh, you know, demean us and make fun of us. And we just put it back in their face. Like, nah, you ain't gonna never make fun of us. Right. You're gonna, have, you're gonna have to respect us. Right. You know? and, and we know our history. So we know which how y'all think. We right. know how y'all think about us. You know, right. unfortunately, a lot of black people don't know their history, but it's all good. You, we we use that strategy, man. Like, yo, it was it was a scary, you know, as a as a business major, my brother was an artist. I like, yo, this is gonna be kind of this gonna be kind of risque now. Yeah. But, you know, once we got behind it, it was no turning around, man. I think the HBCU helps you be like, yeah, let's do it, yo. Like, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> now yeah. the amazing thing is like you identical twin. So it's always cool, and it's like I I grew up with twins, so you know, and I know so many twins, which was crazy. Once I got to college and realized how many twins that I had was friends and people that had uh -huh. twins, people that wasn't twin, people that had babies that's twins, all this stuff. And you know, everybody is twins. There's always an evil one, and it's always a, a good oh, yeah. one. Yeah. Good, yeah. The evil oh, yeah. one is a good one. And the crazy thing about it is I usually hang with the the, the evil one. Because I'm <laughs> an evil twin. I was an evil twin, my sister was a good twin. But uh, this one was opposite. Like your brother, your oh, yeah. brother, your <laughs> your brother is mean as hell. But it's so funny because and like you the good one, and I be like, yo, your brother, wow. Like it's so funny because like even when I talk to students, like people that was in like like the barber school and stuff like that, and I be like, y'all better, better chill out for Jay come up in here. And like your mother uh, be like, yeah, man, Jay be wild. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like. Hey, <laughs> hey, that's it. It's crazy, man. Uh, yesterday we were doing a celebration down right. at the. Man, and all everybody kept saying the same thing. Yo, your brother is a fool, man. Yes, yeah. Hey, people think because you twins that y'all always get along, and not like yo. I said, I do. I grew up. He's an asshole. This dude. Yeah, but you okay. need it though. You need it, you need it because you need that balance. Like I yeah, gave yeah. an example one time. I was in y'all shop, and I said I can come up and ask Damien and Jay the same question. <laughs> I come up and take to Damien and I go, Damien, I got, look, I'm going to need $1,000 and I'm going to flip that into 5000 in two weeks, right? You're uh, going to look at me, your eyes going to get big and you're going to be like, all right, and you're going to keep cutting. You're going to say, talk to me. What's going on, right? Uh, <laughs> I go up to Jay and be like, yo, I need $1,000 and, I'm, and I'm, the clip is going to stop and he's going to tear his face up and be like, $1,000 like that? <laughs> That's like the whole thing. Now, he's going to listen the same way when he's going to look at you in a way to be like, don't flip up any words you about. Don't mess up any. Don't stutter at one time what right. you about to say. Because as soon as you say that, I'm gonna be like, nigga, get out of my face. Because it's like, <laughs> so it's like that's the, that's the whole difference between the two. And it's so funny because I go, y'all are hilarious to me. You know what I mean? But I see, I see the connection because I'm a twin. I grew up. I knew it. I just like it was like always there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So it's like y'all brothers has always been on key and always on point as far as you know the business model and how you guys do things. The other thing is being a barber, you touch a lot of people in a lot of different ways. You've been cutting so long, you've had kids that you've cut, that you're cutting their kids now. Yeah. You have kids that you cut that are cutting for you now. Yeah. You have kids that you cut that are now athletes. Yeah. performers superstars yeah like all of that within 
23 years. Yeah, you you understand what I'm saying? Crazy, yeah. The other thing is it puts you in, like comedy can take me places that I never thought I'd go. Yeah. Barbering has taken you places that you never thought you'd go. Dude. You rub elbows with billionaires. Dude, crazy. Right? Because you on your way to that. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Here's yeah. the crazy thing. What's the craziest celebrity story that Barbara and got you to be like, what am I doing here? Like, oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, hey, the the one that I mean, it's a, it's so many, right? But I like this one. The one that pops up is the one with uh, Floyd Mayweather, right? That that's the one that pops up because we got a phone call, uh huh, and uh, you know. We had just opened up the shop downtown. So we right. like, yo, the shop was fly. You know, a celebrity can come in there. I, I'm thinking, yo, he can come after hours. Right. Come after hours and we cut you at the shop. This dude wants us to come to the to the Western to the hotel. Right. And me and Jay, because you know, it's Floyd. So I'm like, shit, I want to meet him too. So right. you know, Jay, Jay, you cut him. I I I just sit back and play security. I don't know. I I just go <laughs> So we we get over there to the Western. And uh, you know, Floyd had about, I don't know, it was less than 10 people, but it was it was a nice little crowd there. Right. So usually when that happened, it always happened, you know, they they everybody want a haircut. You know, they call you for one person, but everybody want a cut. Right. So we get there and you know, Floyd was being Floyd, you know, at first he was quiet, and then when Jay cut him, because he, he was wearing a bald head, you know, right. then Jay gave him a full razor shade, like straight right. razor, everything. Right. And Floyd, you know, Floyd just in his zone. And then once he got finished, he went into Floyd mode. mode. Right, right, right. The jokes, the talking shit, everything just going in. <laughs> and then all, everybody's going in. And, dude, we literally sat there for maybe two hours just having a conversation. It was, right. it was in a barbershop. Right, right. You know, just in a big suite. Uh, I've never seen a suite that big. But right. we having this conversation. And, you know, we're a little older than Floyd. Right. And so I'm in the conversation, I'm me and Jay going in on the kill now because, you know, we barbers and we got yeah. to have almost every, like I'm talking, at this time, he hadn't fought in a long time, I think. I don't know if it was when he was semi, sem, semi-retired. I can't right, remember. right, right, right. But we having this conversation about like money, how how you how you move your money and stuff like that. And he's talking and now he's, I guess he realized he ain't just talking to some guys who cut hair. Right. And, you know, he telling us about what he's doing in Dubai and all this stuff. So we having this straight grown man conversation with Floyd. Like you can see, you can see his guard coming down, yo. Yeah. And this, this is the magic of really mastering what you do. Right. You know what I'm saying? Especially as a barber. You know, it's way bigger than a haircut. Right. And so, <clears throat> like the conversation is coming down because we've been there for a while. Right. I think it's like on a Wednesday. Right. This dude wants to go to the club. <laughs> and he he want he want he's like yo y'all y'all right you know I'm gonna turn down. Hey, no, yeah, I'm out. So, good, yeah. So we like yo yeah. Me and Jay look at each other like damn we about to go to the club with Floyd. Right, so right. He said yo they they was calling around for a car they didn't have a they didn't have a car yo Jay was driving his expedition. Right. And Jay expedition ain't nothing pretty about at that time and wasn't nothing pretty about the expedition. Right, right. We like yo Floyd. Yo, we got a truck, man. But and I say well, it ain't it ain't sitting on nothing. But you know, it's, it's a truck. Well, he's like, yo, I don't care nothing about that. That dude grabbed his little man purse, <laughs> had about fifty grand in there, cash. Right. He his security, 
and uh and, and a couple of other people got in the trunk with Jay. Right. And, uh and then I had my uh I don't know what I was driving at the time. Right. Got my had one of his cash with us. We go to this one club. It was crazy. Right. Floyd, Floyd don't drink or nothing. So right. he we 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 having a good time. All the people coming to us, leave that club, go to a strip club. Wow. All, all mind you, it, this is all in an explorer. Jay Explorer was like a 90. I don't know what it was. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, so we driving around Charlotte with Floyd in an expedition. I'm, it was crazy, man. Right. And then, then we ended up going to the Waffle House. And that makes sense because it's like, you know, it's like you would think it would be different, but his guard came down. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, all right, I'm going back to the basics. You yeah. know, cause 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 Floyd can be Floyd. Yeah, well, Floyd yeah. ain't always been Floyd. Like, come on, man. Like, you right. have to come from humble beginnings. Don't act like you don't know what this is about. You understand what I'm exactly. saying? Exactly. And when you say the guard came down, it's like, yo, I'm just riding with some dudes I know. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. It, it was it was it was one of the moments, man, that I said, yo, this this barber thing has just opened doors. Right. You know, you mean you didn't have many stories, man. That you know, from cutting Bob Johnson to you know, all the athletes I've done with, dealt with and right. all the upcoming athletes and, and entertainers. It's just, man, it, it's gotten, I sit on boards because of barbering. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. You know, right. I, yo, yo, just, I sit on a bank board. You know what I'm saying? Right. Come on, man. <laughs> it is, it is a crazy thing, D. So I was prepared for stuff like that when I was in college because Johnson C. Smith was one of the colleges that would allow students to sit on the board of trustees. Yeah. So as my senior year, I was one of the board members of the board of trustees of a school, and yeah. I'm I'm a senior, yeah. And I just sit on those booms, I on those boards. And so I get that part of it. Like they were preparing us for things like that, even in school, yeah. even when we were Absolutely. teenagers. You know what I mean? Which Absolutely. was dope. And now you sit there and they be like, "Oh, you feel strange about this? Like, dude, I've been doing this since nah. I was a teenager." Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Um, and I, I I do remember I remember, and the funny thing about it is all of that stuff comes from word of mouth. So yeah. it's like somebody, celebrity come to town and go, all right, I need a cut. And they're like, all right, you need to get in contact with the twins or you need to get in contact with no grease. Like, what yeah. the hell is no grease? Yeah. You want your hair cut right, you need to go, you know what I'm saying? You need to go there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. And you think about it for a second, because during the time when barbering was in the in the 90s, like when we yeah. got out of school, you know, Anderton's was the, the spot. Yeah. Like everybody, because that was what Larry Johnson owned it. Larry Johnson. Everybody, yeah. everybody was going there, and that was the place to be. Yep. You guys were like, yeah, we know that, but when we start this thing, nobody even mentions that barbershop anymore. Yeah, yeah. Like that's yeah. a that's that's a vast memory. Yeah. Like when you think barbering in Charlotte, you think no grease. Yeah, yeah. Other thing is is and we had three and a half years ago. The whole protest that was going on with Ferguson. Yeah. All the businesses was getting tore up, broken mm -hmm. into. Mm -hmm. One business downtown stood alone, no damage. No Stores damage. around it, damaged. That one stood still. Nobody touched it. Yeah. And it was hotels, windows knocked out. I mean, our next door neighbors, they they windows was knocked out across the street. And they didn't touch us at all, man. It was it was, it was a humbling experience, man. Yeah. And that's let you know how much you gotta keep keep doing for the people man yeah and it's always been that way that's the that's the that's the cool thing y'all events are always done um to the to perfection y'all yeah. cook out the, the 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 customer appreciation cookout the yearly event 
that yeah, I always yeah. gotta miss because I'm out of town. Always, <laughs> yeah. that, that one, that one is always dope. Then your your anniversary, uh, yeah. you do a hair show, uh, you would have the fashion show, like all these things that you guys used to do just for the community and the things and the events and free haircuts before school start and like all of yeah. those things was just always dope and it's always like community first business yeah. model and then like doing you know doing what you guys do and it's just always been um you know something that we've always appreciated yeah. uh i remember let me see because you never know who's gonna walk in that barbershop when y'all in there like that's the crazy part i think i was in there one time and julius peppers walked in yeah i told him i needed like 10 points for fantasy that weekend. Everybody <laughs> started busting out laughing. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. And I was like, yeah. he had just signed, he had just signed like a $25 million contract. He yeah, walked yeah. in that day. I'm like, yo, let me hold something, bro. Right, I don't right, know right. that dude from Adam, but I'm like, yo, he might say, all right. You know what I mean? You never know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it's, hey, it's funny. <laughs> and to your point, man, we never, like those guys, when they come in, we never, we treat them like regular people, man. And like, we don't give them no, no type of fanfare, nothing like that. Come in. If the if the clients notice who they are, so be it. If not, yo, just get your haircut, get the hell up out of here. It's appreciative though. They appreciate yeah. stuff like that because they they want to be regular. Like yeah. they very rarely are going to go into a place where they are regular. But if they find out they can go to the barbershop and not get all the fanfare and nobody yeah. treats them special, they be like, yo, at least I felt regular up in there. Yeah, unless yeah. They, unless they clout chasing and they want all that, you know what I mean? You got those two. I think I remember you was telling me the time, um, the first time you had cut Cam, and he mm -hmm. wanted you to come to him every time, and you was just yeah. like, "Look, man, you gonna have to bring your ass to the shop." You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. His, his rookie year, like, dude, you're a rookie, man. Come on, man. <laughs> when he got that MVP, I'm like, all right, man, I gotta come check you out, man. <laughs> it was a little pull and pull, right? Tuck it, tuck it back and forth or whatever. A little power struggle, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, okay, all right, you, all right, you for real, for real. All right, that's good. All right, yeah. that's good. That's what's up, man. I, I, that's all good stuff, man. I remember um, when y'all got the the, uh, the new location, the uh, the, the uh, No Grease exclusive, which was attached to the arena downtown, yeah. and how different it was. Like, yeah. you know, the wine and the, and the, and the lounge and the yeah. pool table and the, yeah. the, the hand massages and the shoe shines place and like yeah. all of these things within the shop. And it was like, yo, this is so different. Yeah, man. You know what I mean? And I'm looking at it like, yo. And and I remember me having to lose my hair. Like, <laughs> me, <laughs> me having a conversation. You're like, yo, man, my joint just keep thinning, man. He's like, yo, we're going to have to uh, devise an exit strategy on your hair, <laughs> yeah. bro. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, so. We did it smooth though. We did it smooth though. We we, we took our it time. Transitioned out. I faded to black real easy. Like it yeah. faded out. Like it faded out like a good movie. Like that joke was yeah. just going yeah. like transition was awesome, man. I know, I know. And then like it was, it was awesome. funny because I think when I finally went bald, Papa, I was like, man, I thought you was already bald. Like, nah, that joke was real low. Like my yeah. barber kept me tight though. Hey, we, that transition was smooth, dude. That's yeah, that's gonna fade it out real clean. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all the time. You was, you was giving me a countdown too. You was like, you got about, about six more cuts, man. I was like, I was like, all right, yo. That thing was smooth. I was up with that joke. Like, it was like a bedside manner. It was basically like the, the, the doctor was telling me, and you got about five more weeks to live, man. And you hey, got to let this thing hey, go. Hey, you was, you was the measuring stick to me saying, you know what? It's almost time for me to get from behind this chair. My, my one of my Ace Boom Coons gone down. Like yo, man. Yeah, yo, man. All my, all my, hey, 
I wouldn't let you retire. That's the funny part people don't understand. You tried to retire like, like 12 times when you uh, was cutting hair, and I would not let you retire. I remember yeah. you tried five times, man, and they were like, yeah, man, D, go, D stopped cutting in January. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, you gonna cut my hair. Like, I was like, because I wouldn't go to nobody else. I'm like, I'm not going to nobody else. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I remember it'd be like, you'd be like, yeah, I ain't cutting all next week. And I'd be like, all right, well, you know, I'll call you on Wednesday. Like, we can be in the car. Like, yeah, like, I said, they gonna let me quit, but never. You know what I'm saying? I remember yeah. that joint. And, and uh, even when you open exclusive, you wasn't supposed to cut no more. Yeah, I know. I and know. um, I was, I, me and Bob Johnson was the first people to get cut and exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> <Like, laughs> That's, that's how it went down, man. Yeah, I, I remember that, man. I would not let you retire, man. It wasn't just me. I know it was a couple other people, but I was yeah. I was one of them people that was aggravating as hell. Nah, it was love, man. That's how we kept our bond, man. I, after right. a while, I stopped saying I was going to retire, and only those who knew knew. Right, right. Yo, I, yeah, because I remember, oh, yeah, I remember one time you retired, and, and everybody had to pick a barber to give their contact information to in order uh -huh. to go to them, start going to them. Yeah, you yeah. Dispersing, you was dispersing your clientele. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I was like, I ain't getting my number to shit. Like, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we do it like that. I'm yeah. locked in, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just, I remember, I remember that, man. It was, it was always dope, man. It's so, crazy. so let me, let me ask you this. Like, uh, being a barber and being, being somebody that uh, trains people, you know, a barber, a barber's background isn't always peaches and cream. Like you're not dealing with people with stable backgrounds and things like that. Yeah. You're dealing with some hardcore criminals at times. Oh yeah. And they're coming in and um, you know, you're still trying to keep your professionalism, but then a lot of times they bring in that street into the, into the establishment and you guys are basically having to transition them into grown manhood. Yeah. Business mindset, marketing, Mm -hmm. and an overall customer service yeah, yeah. language like all yeah. of these things you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. like so like what is that like you know what i mean like what's the what's the process in that hey man you know what it's it's as a as a black man as a black business owner it is our responsibility to create you know institutions and organizations and businesses that do that very thing that you said train our people like we we can't go in it assuming or wishing that the people have the training. We know our conditions. We know our conditions are our people. If we don't, the other institutions are gonna take them. Right. You know? uh, that's why everybody, that's why everybody send their kid to Pop Warner football and you know, uh, basketball, because they, they sending them to these organizations and these places to train their kids. Right. You know, not, you know, the other places that's gonna train them is, is, the, is uh, the criminal system. You right. Know? That's going to train them. So we just took it upon ourselves that, you know, we could use barbering because we got a lot of cats who go to barber school and don't necessarily become barbers. They might become something else, but they use those same principles that we taught them in, in their fields. Right. I mean, we get it all the time, man. We get, I mean, I got cats who, who, who went, went through the whole program of schooling with us and they became a chef or they became, you know, some other type of business. And uh, they tell us, yo, man, we use everything that y'all taught us in, at the school and barbering in this in the same field. Right. So just use that same thing, man. It's like, yo, we have to train our people, man. Now, if your background and we got some, we got some 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 backgrounds that would scare the average person. You know? Right. 
but because we kind of you know you gotta remember as a young barber in the 90s you know we was dealing with all the we dealing with all the killers yeah we dealing dealing with some of the kingpins right and we we had relationships with these dudes right right there was no fear of us dealing with someone that was somewhat connected to some type of criminal background we man we those we had kids that we would cut and later on we see them on the news they didn't shot five people you know what i'm saying right or you know or you know all types of incidents so that fear of dealing with our own people i never had it you know what i did what i did understand is if they don't have any other options they're gonna do they're gonna do something right and so just wanted to give people options and we could just be straight up with them man listen I, okay i get your background what you want to do now yeah you do, well we can help you do this and then as i've got older now it's now it's crazy now just yeah i talk to an 18 year old now it's crazy like man i'm i'm 30 years older than you yeah yeah you know i'm like at first we used to be the same age as them like an 18 right. year old i'm 21 they're right. 18 trying to show them but now we got enough of a track record that you know, I could son a thirty year old. Yeah. You know, I could son like, yo, man, what you want to do in five years? And I could show him how to get there in five years. Right. Like, yo, you do this, 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 you'll be there in five years. And that's all they need. They need some type of direction, man. Saying some steps of how to. I'm talking about basic stuff, like you said, stability. Like stability. Stable. Routine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you know, and it's like it's funny, man. When when I you know see your students coming into school and things like that, and I walk in, I'm always speaking to them cats. It's like they some of them look just look happy to be somewhere. Yeah. They're not yeah. sitting around wasting their time, not wondering what's gonna happen next. Like they can literally see their future getting ready to happen for them. Man, I think mean, about think about if we didn't go to college. Yeah, man. I I, I struggle with that. Um and, and mm-hmm. like I I wonder if if I if I would have found a comedian of the comedy path if I didn't go. Um what my everyday would have been like if I was sitting around just looking for a next job or right. you know, what I what my motivation would be. Would I mess around and end up with a whole bunch of kids right. and have a whole bunch of women hating me because I wasn't right. shit for a dad. You understand exactly. what I'm saying? Like all of those things like, you know, going th- go through my head. And I was yeah. I don't know, mm-hmm. or incidences away from not even going to college. You know, like it just depends yeah. on like the circumstances and what was going on. And then yeah. like once we got to school, nobody told us to do our work. Nah. Like we had to make those decisions on our own. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? But I, I know where yours came from was basically you you had your vision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here's the crazy yeah. thing, D. You didn't need college in order to get the success that you have today. No. But it was the fact that you had a goal to at- uh, attain and get that goal in order for you to you to you know move forward. That degree opened the door for you where otherwise the door might not have been open. Right. And it might, it might only, it only been in two doors that, that had to open because of that degree that caused you to continue on with what you would continue with. You're right. And, and I look at it like this, like, like I, and this is, you know, we was blessed because I had seen it early in my <coughs> life as far as the vision that we have for, 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 for business and stuff like that. You know, we've seen it very early, probably early teenage years. Mm-hmm. So by the time I got to college, only thing I had to do was take that information and apply it to the vision. Right. Like, unfortunately, a lot of people go to college and they don't necessarily have a vision of what they really want to do. So right. they just take classes and kind of just moving through life. And then, like, you know, 
but but and i'm thinking about you at some point you have this this epiphany that yo i can do this right so you took you took all that college corporate america all that experience and it's in your jokes yeah you you can you can hear it you know you're you you can't be no uh you know you gotta be a a thinker when they hear your jokes you know right. what i'm saying right. you can't be somebody that just you know you know eating popcorn watching you know <laughs> you know you gotta be somebody at least read a couple of books or something you know pay attention yeah pay attention your yeah. jokes you know your jokes gonna take you out your jokes are so artful man that you can see all that experience through life in your jokes right and so now i think you needed it and then and me too i needed college kind of to to shape no grease the way it is right. my college experience helped me shape it you know what i'm saying yeah y'all you was dealing with a lot of <clears throat> a lot of stuff man and i I think back to when I talk about how business it was, and I like I say we we jumping around and things like that, man. I mean, yeah. it's so many different stories we could talk about. Like yeah. I remember on campus, you had a sign-in sheet, like your sheet, yeah. like you literally would carry a notebook, yeah, with times on it, yeah, and somebody would see you walk across campus, like D, can I get a cut today? And you pull the book out, but like, what yeah. time, man? Like fill it in, like what, what, what time you want? You be like. Yeah. 3.30 and you're like all right I'll see you at 3.30 and it was like dude you was back and forth man like always across campus and and that you would go to class I don't even know when you study bro dude you would go to class and then as soon as you hit from class you'll be in the chair like you'll be at the chair cutting hair like all night yo Justin man when I think about my college years man it was in class and cutting hair dude yes. I, would, I would miss I would miss step shows yes games yes like I was so book man, but you you know you come from a single parent background. You know every dollar counted, man. It was yeah. like yo, you had to organize, yo. It's like yo, you listen. had listen. I know you carry some money on you because listen. Oh yeah. When you <laughs> so in order for you to go when when I took you to Gordon's that one time, oh, I yeah. we was talking, we was on campus, and you was like, yo, this barber gonna gonna let me. I said I said uh, he said yo, I might be moving off campus. I said what you mean moving like moving like. Off campus, I said, you already how you gonna move out? He's like, no, 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 cutting hair off campus. Uh -huh. I said, how you gonna cut hair off campus? And he was like, yo, this barber, this barber's gonna give me a chair, but he gonna, um, you know, he wanna interview me because he gonna give me one of his chairs and I'm gonna be able to cut it in the shop. But I ain't got no ride over there. I'm like, yeah. I ain't got no ride over there. I was like, boy, get in the car. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. And I remember we went over to that joint and we went over there and they had that little, that little gas station. Yep. That little gas station right by Fuel Pizza. Yeah, and the chair was in the back, and it was so small. It almost was like we was back in that closet. It was, dude. So hey. you had went from the closet to us shutting down Barry Hall's lobby, and we yep. used we used the, the lounge area as your barbershop. We shut it off for everybody else, dude. and we used that as your barbershop. And that was huge. Like you had a, a huge space. area, people being there cutting up. It was like a regular barbershop. Music, well, we had a bar. Right, music, right. And you went from there. Back to the small little three chairs in that yeah. little um, gas station, yeah. right? And that was packed out. You have a line outside, yeah. and you brought all the traffic from John C. Smith over to his yep. location. Yep. So much so that, like a year later, he went and bought that other building. He expanded. Yep. Expanded because it was too many people. Yep. So hey. you going there was a blessing for him to yep. expand his business. You see yep. what I'm saying? I, and I was, and I, was, I was learning business too. So I was seeing how, okay, if, if someone can 
take a take a clientele and bring a whole nother client, a college clientele, John C. Smith clientele over to Central Avenue. That wasn't normal, man. It wasn't. Hey, yo, man. Let me press pause. Go back to when you used to drive me in that Cavalier. Was that Cavalier? Yes, that little shaky ass Cavalier. Yeah. Hey, hey, yo, man. I was like, yo, my dog got me. Yo, I ain't buy a car. I ain't get a car till my senior year. Right, but I remember that because I, I went like you'd be like, yo, Josh, you got me today. I go, oh, yeah, man. Come on, let's roll out. And it was so crazy because I remember senior year, you brought that Isuzu Rodeo. Yes, sir. Yes, and that joint was span brand spanking new. I'm like, oh. Killing them, right? I was like, yo, I was like, <laughs> hey man, it was, I mean, yo, we gotta see, we gotta write a book or something, man. You yeah. bring it back. I remember that, man. It was so crazy because, like, you think about that for a moment. Like, you gotta realize how how cool we was. Um, and then, like, you go to other campuses and people just didn't get it. Like, you know, like I used to go to like Winthrop and stuff like that, and they didn't get along with their other fraternities. And I'm like, yeah. yo. That's my boys, man. They be yeah. like, oh, Yo, you get along with the Alphas? I'm like, yeah, they cool as hell. Like, that's my people, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Or they be like, you get along with the Qs? I'm like, that's my dogs, man. I'm dudes is good people. And it was yeah. so funny because nothing changed for us. We just happened to be in two different organizations. And it yeah. was like, it was funny because people be like, man, you be hanging with Damon, you know what I'm saying? Y'all thought y'all was in the same frat. Like, nah, like, that's, that's, <laughs> that's just my dude. That's my barber, man. We cool. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like. <laughs> hey, but Smith was like that. John C. Smith was it like was, that. It was, man. It was a love. It was a love. We didn't, we didn't have those problems, man. We had no beef. We had people, we had beef individually, but it yeah. never, like, it spilled over in the, you know, like, that's their that's they issue. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. We, hey man, that matured us too, man. I'm telling you, all those experiences. Now that I'm thinking, that's how I, that's how I kind of move in the barbering business. Like, yo, I ain't got no beef for nobody. I'm like, yo, it's all love. It's like, yo, what are we doing here? It's enough for everybody, right? And 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 that same how how our friendship and and the things that was just happening genuinely, like yeah. me, me, you. I mean, literally, we would kind of synchronize when you was getting out of class. And when I was getting out of class, yo, you gonna drop me off at the like we? I mean, we we always been brothers without even without even thinking about it. It, it, it was yeah. dude, it was crazy. It was, yeah. it was like it was just crazy how we had linked up, and it was like seamless, and it, it never it seemed. Was. And it, it, it's crazy how the paths took, like the paths were almost parallel. Like it was crazy because like that second semester freshman year, that was. I didn't know you was going to be an RA. You didn't know I was going to be an RA. Nope. We both ended up being RAs on the same floor, opposite yep. sides of the hallway. We like, yo, all right, you going to have your meeting. I'm going to listen in on your meeting. Then you yeah. listen to my meeting. If we miss anything, we just bounce Dude. off one another. So then we get off, we get off that joint. And then like that's, that same semester, our sophomore year, we both start pledging at the same that time. Is. Like we yep. both start pledging like the same week. We're like, yo, you play like I'm pledging. Like you're saying, it was crazy. Then we both ended up at number five. I don't yep. know how that happened, right? Like, like that was like, like that's crazy. Both was president right after that. Like we both was president of opportunities, like right after that joint. So yep. then it was kind of like, all right, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta outdo these dudes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, I was like, <laughs> I said, Dame gonna have some more crazy ass idea. I gotta outdo this dude now. You know what I mean? Like it was, yeah. it was like that whole that whole situation. It was yeah, so funny. Man. So yeah, man, that was dope, bro. And it's always it's always been love, man. And like like what some people don't know. Uh, and and we'll 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 end this one soon, but I'm definitely gonna have to bring you back. But what people don't yeah. know is my idea of comedy started from going to comedy clubs, but it was perfected by me wilding out in the barbershop. 
Yeah, and it was never me standing in the middle of the floor telling jokes. Yeah. It was me sitting in the chair and expressing my opinions while yeah. I was getting my cut and having strangers or people that never knew anything about me start to be like, this dude is funny. Funny. And like the shop getting an audience almost on a Thursday at 530 because people would be yeah. like, I know just about to come up in here. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? And it was like, like that whole process. And I remember mentioning to y'all, like, yo, I'm going to get on stage. And then all the barbers is like, man, don't come in here telling me that no more, man. You either going <laughs> to do it or you ain't. You know what I mean? That's right. That's and, uh, and it was dope, man. I remember one of my earliest performances, me going on stage with a no-grease shirt. Yeah, man. And I, the whole barbershop was in the back. And they like, yo, if you go up there and you bombing, yo, we out. Like, I was like, yeah. like I remember that joint, yo. <laughs> hey, that's the only thing I regret about technology. It was those moments that I wish I would have caught. Like, yeah. when you stop kind of honing your skills. And right. we saw it. We was like, yo, this dude is funny. Like, right. after a while, we was like, yo, this nigga is practicing on us. Yo, right. Yo. Right. But, yo, you did it so effortlessly, man, that right. you were honing your skills. So by the time we saw that, get on stage that shit was like magic man yeah yeah and it was crazy because i did utilize you guys as an open mic like i mm -hmm. did come into the shop at times and i had three bits that i was trying to work out and yeah. i would say to you in normal conversation like d d all right check this out this, this is the premise and then i start yeah. talking uh -huh. and all of a sudden you start hearing the clippers cut off uh-huh you start yeah. hearing people listen yeah and you got people here like yo you wow you know and, yeah. I, and then if i got a stranger laughing I yeah. was like, all right, I got something with this one. Yeah. I got something with this one. You know what I mean? So that was like my practice. That was like, I'll be like, all right, let me tell y'all this one. And then it would just keep developing or keep going into this formulating of this thing. I remember we did that whole man rules thing. Oh we did God. that for a whole <laughs> month, man. You and I walk in the shop and Cats would have three more for me. I'll be Boy, like, yo. <laughs> that thing went on forever, man. You killed that joint, though. That was hilarious, man. And it was funny because I didn't realize once I got into comedy how many comedians had did that. Oh, yeah. And I was like, all right, so too many people doing it, so I'm going to just go ahead and retire that. You know what I mean? Uh, but it was like one of those things you had to learn. You know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah, you had yeah. to learn of how this thing works. And you think you came up with this genius idea right. and you realized 20 other people that did it. And no original ideas. Much like barbering, right? Yeah. So let's flip that around. There's all types of barbershops. Yep. You guys yep. are like Wu-Tang. I know yep. so many people that have branched off from being created by No Grease that have their yep. own barbershops, right? Yeah. They still don't quite do it the same way that you guys do it. You know what That's I mean? Right. And right. it can be professional. They can be on point. Yeah. But it ain't No Grease. Yeah, man. You, you got to you you have your own secret sauce, man. You got right. to have that thing that separates you from, from comedians, from barbers, from barbershops. And, you know, Everybody got their own little little thing to it, but they like, yo, I know that taste right there. Oh, that, oh that's no grease. Right. Oh, that joke right there, that that's that's Justin right there. That's Jay Bliss. Right. So right. you gotta keep that, man. And we know, man, like a lot of cats be trying to, you know, they try to copy you, but that's a that's a form of flattery and we appreciate that. But you know, it people who know, they know. They say, yo, you missing something. You ain't quite got that. And that's that that's just, that's the uniqueness that we all have. Time is of the essence, man. I know you got a lot of stuff to do today. I got a lot of stuff to do today. Yeah, man. So we, we're going to continue this conversation. There will be a part two of this yeah, um, before the end of this year. I promise you. Um, yeah. But listen, so 
Uh, real quick, man, uh, just shout the people out, man. If they're not aware of No Grease, you did mention the location that you in. Is it uh, the website? Is it just No Grease? Yeah, it's uh, www.nogrease.com. Nogrease.com, right. Tell the story. He know the story better than the website, man. So. Yes, I do, man. Yes, yeah. I do. And if, if you are in any of those areas, man, um, you know, you guys got to check these guys out. And then, like, do the history check on yourself and realize what these guys have accomplished over 23 years. It's a blessing in itself, man. But I've seen it happen from its very beginnings. Absolutely. So, on, on that note, yo, you know we bought that bought the original building. You gonna, you know you're going to have right. a brick wall. You, you got to have a brick over there. So Yes. So y'all, so y'all bought that original building, and y'all gonna utilize that as what? We're gonna, it's gonna be a museum slash school. But museum it's gonna, slash school, right? You gonna, you, you gonna perform over there. You, you, you gonna, we gonna, we opening up over there. You, you gonna have that floor again? I'm waiting for the documentary, D. Oh man, the documentary gonna be a fool, man. I'm waiting for the documentary because that's got, that's got to get done. Maybe, maybe 25th. Yeah. Oh, documentary. First, yeah. Maybe, oh, maybe yeah. that's when the documentary airs. You might be the commentator. It gotta be something. I gotta be yeah. in, a, in, a, in a green room or something where something behind me when I'm doing the confessionals. Yeah, I gotta yeah. do something. Yeah, something, <laughs> that's that's done. Yeah, absolutely, man. Hey, yeah. man. Hey, brother. Listen, we going we going chop it up soon when this pandemic open up. And and I wanted to get into the whole differences on how y'all had to do y'all business because of the pandemic. But when yeah. the time has run out, man. But um, we going definitely get into that, man. And um. Listen, I'm going to give you a, a shout and let you know exactly when this thing is going to um, pop out. And we'll talk, well, man. It was great, man. I knew we were going to say a whole lot, man. It was great, man. No doubt, man. Hey, hey, have a good one, man. I'm going to holler at Me you too. soon. Okay, bro. All right, peace. Peace.